Welcome to the Classic Car Corner Podcast. We are proudly sponsored by GD Herring, Classic Car Insurers, providing a range of insurance solutions for your business, your life, and your home. Contact them at gdherring.com for a customized quote. In addition to insurance, GD Herring provides Classic Car appraisal and pre-purchase inspection services. If you are interested in collecting and investing in classic cars, check out my book, Drop Throttle Oversteer, now available at Amazon in paperback. An honest review of the book is always greatly appreciated. I'm Jason Painter. Today with me is John Lockhart and Eric Benzel. We have a special guest today, Jeff Hoon. Jeff, you own a 1969 Chevrolet Camaro, and uh, I know the world's listening and wanting to hear all about it. So go ahead and talk to us about that car. Well, no, thanks, Jason. I appreciate uh, you having me here again. Uh, yeah, so when I was a kid, my uncle had a screaming yellow, Daytona yellow, 69 Camaro Z28. Love the car. was always kind of my dream car. When I was 16, uh, my first car was uh, yellow, 78 Camaro. Again, loved it. Fun car, whatever. But but always kind of aspired to my, to my 69 Camaro. So, um, <clears throat> gosh, probably been... 15 years ago i guess i i got one before they really kind of got crazy on it and uh it's been a blast it's it's been a, my father and i restored it it was it was a, a great car to start don't get me wrong but you know we've done wheels engine suspension interior gauges uh it's 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 a easy car to work on the the parts are prevalent now so you can certainly find anything and everything you need for them but um yeah it's just a kind of a, a passion of fun oh absolutely well of course um my passion is the old cars the classic cars mm -hmm. and uh, certainly the camaro absolutely comes to mind um i know this car i believe uh, you've won some awards with this vehicle am i correct uh you know i mean the kids drew some i put them on the fridge so, you know, <laughs> I, 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 not really official but no I, joking aside we've we've taken a bunch of car shows and, and participated but uh I, I always joke she's she's no trailer queen she's she's got a, a chip in the paint on the back where one of the bikes fell off of the oh, nice. wall in the back yeah. of it you know it's it's got where i left the spark plugs on top of it and then went up the driveway and chipped the spoiler or whatever so okay. you know yeah. it it goes out on and um again it's, it's just a car we we all enjoy and you know when i was a kid <clears throat> my dad still has his 62 corvette he's had since 63 and I remember every time I heard that engine start, I went flying down the steps. I was ready to jump in, go for a ride with dad, whatever. And, and it's been fun that my, my kids to this day, 20 and 23, will right. still do the same thing. I had my 20-year-old come running into the garage and yell at me because I started backing out and didn't make an invite. So uh, I mean, <laughs> that's, that's what it's supposed to be about. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So what, uh, what kind of <laughs> modifications have you done to your car? So I love for a car to look original but be a little bit better, mm -hmm. a little bit upgraded or whatever. So, uh, and so to that point, if you, if you looked at it, it looks very much like a 1969 Camaro would have back in the day on it, but actually the engine's been replaced. Uh, the front suspension, it's lowered and has a Detroit speed, um, front suspension, hotchkiss back suspension. I mean, I could, I could go through all kinds of the stuff, but what's, what's fascinating is I, as I talk about that is, and we were talking a little bit about this before we started recording the industries that have built up around even just this car i mean when i first got it there was a company called rick's first gen camaros and it was a company in atlanta or down in georgia that made parts for 67 through 69 camaros that's the first generation those three years and they were like 
my source. That was the guys that made parts for this car. And they've now gotten to the part, the point where I think it's called Dynacorn, that literally stamps brand new 1969 Camaro bodies. So if you wanted to today build a 1969 Camaro, you literally could do it with 100% of the parts being brand new, restamped. Oh no! You know, kidding. there's no there's no going to the junkyards or you know. I when I started, I would go out to eBay and just spend hours just getting stuff because it said '69 Camaro on it. <laughs> And, you know, now there's literally industries built for one generation of car. It's it's perplexes me that there could be that many people that are that focused on one car, but obviously right. they are. Well, it's neat. So so your dad has the Corvette. Mm-hmm. So was uh, his love for Chevy, did that get you into the model for the Camaro since he had the Corvette or... How did uh, how did you? I enjoy the cars, and, and like I said, my my uncles, <laughs> and to this day, my dad's uh, you know still bitter about my uncle for his very first car was giving a a yellow '69 Corvette. Dad apparently drove a Renault Delphine, and oh. you know his mom's cars <laughs> that he would try to customize and make cool, whatever, and um, all of these horrible old cars. And then he had to go out and buy you know his own his own Corvette or whatever, mm-hmm. and. Um, but yeah, my, my uncle had that car, and and I just, I fell in love with it. Another story I was telling before this is that I almost forced my parents to buy a Camaro because you, you all know the song Maria from West Side Story. Mm-hmm. But I came up with my own version of uh, Camaro. I just saw a car called Camaro. And I would sing this every time one would go past until uh, I think it actually snapped my parents. Like, here's your Camaro. <laughs> Stop singing that stupid song. There you go. Hey, whatever works, right? Yeah, n- not a problem. I I, I, apparently I was singing the wrong song because apparently Rabbit is what ended up yeah. in the driveway. <laughs> <laughs> Different. So aside from the other modifications, you mentioned some of your engines. Uh, you replaced the engine. What did you put in it? Uh, what kind of horsepower are you getting? And your exhaust. The exhaust is still a weak point, but let's go back to the good point. So, um, no, the exhaust is, is still the original. Gosh, I don't even know if it's two inches on it. Gotcha. So that's, that's one that needs to be upgraded. That's a good one still. Um, still embezzling money to hide from my wife for that. <laughs> and then the engine. <clears throat> so my dad and I decided we're going to put new front springs on the uh, on the Camaro and the springs are terrifying because you know when they're compressed the the energy behind those things right. is when they come loose you know you could die it's just a little thing and so I said well let before we get into that let's do something easy let's put a chrome oil pan on it because oil pans did it how hard could that be took out all the bolts and I was like that's funny dad it won't come off the car and then we realized oh because it's trapped under the cross member so um, oh, yeah. how yep. do you get that off of there well you lift the engine out of the car well if you're gonna lift the engine well maybe we'll just paint it while it's out well if we're gonna do that maybe we'll take it to your friend doug kroger who does a beautiful job working on engines and he can kind of clean it up port it whatever and so that was the plan and um inside doug was building a drag engine for a racer down in florida uh doug doug builds amazing engines very well known for his his drag racing engines he builds and so he was showing my dad this engine my dad's like whoa, whoa, whoa. We don't need a drag car. We're we're just looking to kind of massage engine. He goes, no, I just want to see, you know, show you the kind of things I can do on an engine. Um, well, basically, the drag racer couldn't afford the engine; had to give it back to him. So Doug said, "I'll tell you what, I'll change out the crank and cram, make or cram the crank and 
cam, <laughs> make it a uh, more streetable version, and but it's going to be built really solid and, and really nicely. So that's the engine I have on it. So it's a uh, it's a small block Chevy that's been bored and uh, stroked up to a 406. So it's probably about 475 horse. We never actually dynoed it, nice. but um, yeah. So just just a real strong engine. Mm-hmm. The funny thing is, besides not upgrading my exhaust, I haven't upgraded the rear end on it either, so it's not posi traction. Okay. So if I floor it, one little wheel spins like crazy. So I always say that if anyone ever wants to drag race me at a stoplight, I just have to kind of look at them like they're not worthy. Because <laughs> all I would do is just spin one wheel and look like an idiot. <laughs> so so I, I just go with, uh, you're, you're beneath me. Yeah, 400 plus horsepower engine and uh, make that car scream for yeah, sure. Yeah, it, but it's so it's again, it makes a great rumble, great exhaust note. And um, like we were talking about earlier, just the, the other day, went with the kids and my dad for Father's Day to the drive in and watched American Graffiti in it. And it just seemed right. Oh, yeah. yeah, it was just it was a really cool night. I'm sure there's a lot of people there that wish they were in that car oh, yeah. watching that movie. Actually, I'll, I'll give uh, Sourbeck. I guess we'll do a little call out them. Um, great family drive-in up in uh, Oldham County, and they did a classic car night, and that was the concept. They did the classic cars all lined up in the back, kind of a show, and then they did um, American Graffiti, and then the double feature was Bullet for oh, the yeah. second yeah, one. Perfect. So classic. really cool concept. Absolutely. Really cool concept. Absolutely. Well, you know, as far as Camaros go, the, the late 60s, 68, 69 Camaro, uh, it's just the pinnacle, I think, mm-hmm. in my opinion, of Chevy Camaros and the production. Absolutely. Uh, it, it just it didn't get any sexier than, than no, a 69 No, I would Camaro. absolutely agree with that. And, and I'm glad you brought up 68 and 69. What are the distinct differences? Because you got a lot of people say, oh, I had a 68 Camaro and I, had a, I have a 69 Camaro. I think I know the answer, but yeah. I'll, I'd like to get it from the person who actually owns it. Played around with them. Yeah. 67 and 68 were very similar. I mean – I've been around Camaros all my life. And the, the, the big thing I can tell is there's that there's little quarter window in them, like the 67s had them, 68s didn't, but very, very similar cars. 69 was a totally different body. Um, very different look, very distinctive, exactly to your all's points. And the 69 Camaro was actually, mine was built in October of 1968, uh, delivered in November of 69, because I still have the original paperwork where they delivered it. Really, really cool kind of artifacts in there. Yeah. Um, but then they were actually built. There was a delay in the the next body because it was going to be a whole new body. So they were actually built into 70. So technically after the 69, the next model was a 70 and a half and it was a whole, whole new Camaro. So for that reason, and I, I won't swear to it, but as I, as I understood it, you know, for years, at least the 69 Camaro was the highest produced Camaro ever because it was basically built for like a year and a half. Isn't that something? Yeah, so, so plenty of them out there. So General Motors had a body by Fisher platform there for a while, if you remember. Mm-hmm. Was the '69 part oh, yeah. of that? It's got the little logo right there okay. on the uh, so it was a panel. Fisher. Yeah, uh, absolutely. So Miles Bill um, is was um, the last model year, which is 1984, that uh, the Fisher body was made. '85, oh, cool. I think. It, I think they changed it, but um, hmm. but those are very strong platforms. Oh yeah, uh, yeah absolutely. Weather they they've weathered well. Right, right. Now, um, so your particular car, um, it was originally silver. You mm-hmm. it's still silver. Mm-hmm. Um, you got some uh, stripes on it, black stripes. The Z stripes. Yeah. Okay. Very good. Which, funny enough, so at Street Rods, which we mm-hmm. just had in Louisville this past weekend, there's a, a group we call ourselves the Lucky Enough Car Club, and it it came from 
Dwight Hall, who put put together the group, he uh, he has a big banner. It says something about if you're lucky enough to have a six nine Camaro, you're lucky enough in life or something. So when he <laughs> when he rented a tent out there, they said, well, you can only do that if you're a car club. And he's like, all right, well then we're a car club. What's your name? Uh, lucky enough. So we've been getting together for years, and we probably have I want to say. 20, 25, 69 Camaros that all participate and so line up. So when you when you walk down it, it's like you all of a sudden walk into a dealership in 1969. Mm. You've got an entire row of oh, all 69 awesome. Camaros. I bet it's, that's an awesome sight. Oh, it's yeah. a, and it's a great group of guys. Yeah, I mean, no, where do you all meet? Friendly. So, um, you know, we try to do a couple like Mike Lenning, some of mm-hmm. the car shows mm-hmm. throughout the year or whatever. But then every year for NSRA, and we now have uh, one great guy from Oklahoma that comes all the way in for the for the show. Mm-hmm. He makes it about every other year, and then we've got other guys that come up from from other states, whatever. And literally, we have a waiting list for people who want to be in the line of 1969 Camaros. On so so cool. it's yeah, it, it's it's yeah. a really uh, makes makes it a really fun fun mm-hmm. event on it. But yeah. Um, yeah. No, with the car club itself, with uh, all the different, how many Z, uh, Camaros are in there now? Six nine Camaros? Oh, uh, yeah, like 25 20. or 30 or something crazy. Do they vary on the different models? Because I see the production, there's four different production models. They had the yeah. base, the RS, SS, yep. the Z28. So you, your group can, consists of all of those different production yeah, models. Actually, that's, uh, that's a great kind of segue also. One of the things, like I talked about how I like mine to look like it came right out of 1969, but be a lot better, you right. know, kind of mm-hmm. underneath. There's, you know, a couple of the guys around me, they've got brand new engines, you know, Chevy crate engines with air conditioning and, you know, suspensions underneath it that are as smooth as a, a new Cadillac, whatever. There's the the guy from uh, Oklahoma, actually. His is definitely very much a resto mod, street mod. I mean, that thing could probably carve corners with my M3. I mean, lowered suspension, high performance. I mean, it's so when I talked earlier about the industries that are built around this, there's a company called Detroit Speed, Kyle and Stacy Tucker. They were GM engineers. Amazing, wonderful people. Can't, can't say enough positive about them. They left General Motors and their passion was 69 Camaros. And that's actually where they started out working on Camaros, building these new front suspensions They've now expanded it to Novas, Corvettes. But one of the big things they're into is the um, Gymkhana, the street racing, you know, where they set up the cones and do the speed. And, again, they've made a 1960 Camaro that could go out there and perform with any high-level car. If if you've ever – you guys have ever heard of Big Red? There's a 1969 Camaro that a guy built uh, called Big Red. And they would do it out. Gosh, I, I should have should have prepped better for me. But out, I think it's in Nevada where they do the flat out race for X number of miles, and it's literally a two hundred mile per hour nineteen sixty nine Camaro. Okay. So, wow. so when you when you talk about the the um, you know different models, yeah, sure, you had base, and and what we have some RSs with the hidden headlights. You know, you, you yeah. see those, or the Z twenty eights, or like mine, kind of a clone that looks like you know acts like a Z twenty eight, but really isn't. And then you get up to these guys that have, you know, literally can make a 200 mile per hour 69 Camaro. I mean, how how much fun is that? But they maintain, they retain their uh, Astro ventilation. Yeah, those <laughs> exactly. Options of 68. Yeah, I still I still have my little um, little handles underneath the, the the floorboards to kick on the Astro ventilation. So so help me out here. So there was the Camaro Berlinetta, <laughs> the IROC Z, um, the um, Oh, just 
were those so the, like in the in the the later generations yeah okay yeah. so in the 67 68 69 model lineup was it just i th- i want to say you've got your your z20 coupe mm-hmm. then you've got your you had your ss um the ss usually was kind of more of a muscle package then you had the rs uh, okay. Which would be like the hidden headlights, some of that. Okay. Yeah. And yours, RS, is the RS, SS. No, mine's mine. Mine was just a base coupe, but now it's the Z28 clone. Clone. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So the um, yeah, you had the SS, which would have like the the hockey stick stripes on the side. Mm-hmm. You had the RS, which would have the hidden headlights. There was an RS SS combination that would have a kind of a blend, and then of course the Z28 was the the pinnacle car that's okay. that's the one that they created a lot of people know roger pinsky mm-hmm. you know when when he raced with mark donahue okay. who's just you know an amazing racer and a, and a wonderful person pinsky and mark donahue you know owned the racing back in the day in his his 69 camaro so here's here's kind of a fun 69 camaro slash racing roger pinsky is one of the most innovative uh team owners ever by far <clears throat> and <laughs> He it was kind of like uh, NASCAR, you know. If there's not a rule against it, well, then I guess you can do it. So one of the concepts was, how do you get your car lighter? The lighter the car is, obviously, the faster it can go. Yeah, you can get an edge. So Roger Penske would acid dip the cars to literally thin the metal to lose pounds. Well, he would flip them upside down and dip them. Well, one time they dipped them a little too long, (laughs) and it actually warped the scent out of the out of the roof on it. So like, oh well, this is going to get us busted. So like my six nine Camaros, they had the Lando top, you know, the fake convertibles Mm -hmm. with the vinyl on top. So since that was a factory option, he literally got the vinyl and put it over the top of the car to you know make it look like one of the floor models. No, he was hiding his acid dipping that he'd used to, to cheat and lose some more, more weight. And one year they finally caught him. And so this was back in the day when, you know, race on Sunday, sell on Monday. Sure enough, they caught him with it and said, no, this roof is illegal. So he had to run to the Chevy dealership, buy a 6.9 Camaro, drive to the track, cut the roof off, <laughs> weld it to the race car, and go out racing. Amazing. Again, cool, wow. cool old days. That is. Yeah. How about that? Wow. <laughs> Very interesting. So how long have you owned your car? I'd probably say 15, 15 years. years by now, something okay. like that. Gotcha. And um, so so you've taken – now, have you taken it up to like Woodward Avenue or any of those dream, dream cruises? You know, I've never done kind of a long distance on it. Okay. And, uh, and, and, and I've regretted there was – oh, gosh, what's the, the Hot Rod Power Tour when they go through? We drove up to Sparta Raceway. Oh, gosh, I didn't even take it to that. Oh, I'm just sad. I guess I just stay around town. No. So, uh, no, we've, we've never actually done kind of the <clears throat> the long distances on it. Um, I'm sure she could, but we just gotcha. have fun around here. Gotcha. You know, speaking of long distances, useless information about the production of the Camaro during this time frame. Made in two assembly plants in the United States out in uh, Norwood, Ohio, and Van Nuys, California. I think you'd think Camaro, California. Right. And Ohio, because that's, you know, good old Midwest. <laughs> sexy, that's right. sexy Ohio. <laughs> but it was also made in three plants outside of the United States. Actually, five. Made in the Philippines, Belgium, Switzerland, Venezuela, and Peru. Wow. And Chevy required parts to be sourced locally. So they also required all the support and parts to be made in those areas as well. Now, are there any specific VIN codes, does it uh, mention, um, that would indicate that it was 
built-in brew or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 69. Yep. Car <laughs> gotcha. would have a 69 Vin on it. Yep. You yep. hear about that big yep. Peruvian muscle car scene. Really, really popular. That's <laughs> right. probably going to be the next mm-hmm. Fast and Furious yeah. Peru. Yeah. They, they called it the uh, the steel oxen. <laughs> <laughs> they came with, the, and it also came with a uh, optional third row seat for the family. Four door back then yeah. was, was required. <laughs> That's right. I don't think there was a big demand in in those areas for uh, yeah. for a Camaro. So there was a concept of a Camaro uh, wagon for a while. They actually looked at that one, but didn't make that would have would have perfectly met your demographic, but. And I did see a mock-up of that for the uh, Firebird. Exactly. Firebird yeah. had a full mock-up on that. They started going into production. And they went, yeah, nobody's going to buy yeah, this. Yeah, no, it's got a bad idea. Mm. So the Firebird, so the 69 Firebird and 69 Camaro, what's kind of cool on those, if you look at the side of it, if you just pull off the tail panel and pull off the nose, they it's basically the same, the same car. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now they put, they put some different vents and some things on it. But, um, yeah, for the most part, it was the car. Right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but it just neat. it just never got the following that the Camaro did. I got you. Yeah, yeah. How about that? So, uh, uh, engine size, uh, what, size matters. Yes, it does. And so, what what options came in those cars back in the day? If you, if you know. So when when I bought well when I bought so the Camaro I bought was the base model. And at the time, the base model was the 327, just a good old small block, the the bread and butter of Chevrolet. Partially into the production year, because of emissions, they reduced that down to 307. <clears throat> so a 327 could be modified just like every 327 out there. You know, great, great base for a hot rod engine, whatever. The 307, because of all the smog requirements and uh, anti-pollutions and all that kind of stuff, essentially you had to pull the engine out and just start over on it so it was, it was kind of interesting the the 327 was so a little more desirable if you had to get a base you know you want to get one of the early ones like like the one i got but then it went you know from you know the the 327 up to the 350 then you got into your big blocks um and again and there's all kinds of just you know cool silly trivia if you if you uh see a camaro and it's got a black back tail panel then you know it's a uh, a big block camaro for instance so um okay copo camaros there were 69 copo camaros central office production order i think it's what it's called where basically you could literally have yourself built a a custom 427 drag car wow. okay. and when we were talking about the the body styling of it what's neat about the 69 camaro is when they stopped making the camaro in 2002 Shout out to Jason, because I forgot what year that was. (laughs) But um, when they brought the Camaro back in 2010, a lot of it was based on the 6.9 design. So you look at the gauges. It's the same gauge as 6.9 Camaro. When you look at the the front and the the rear fenders, whatever, very definite throwback to the 6.9. So, Mm -hmm. again, um, kind of revitalizing that that design and that passion on it. And... So with that, they actually rolled out a Copo Camaro series recently on it, and they were basically pure drag racing Camaros. Wow. So those okay. would be pretty good on the collector. Yeah. yeah. Collector oh, absolutely. Aisle there if you ever want to pick one up. Yeah. Now, have you driven one of the later model Camaros? Just out of curiosity. I have on it. I have. Mm-hmm. Um, they're fun. Oh yeah. But, but it's not yeah, a I, was ready to, I was getting ready to say. I mean, I like the the, the more the later model Camaros. Because they do mimic the, the '60s, mm-hmm. late '60 Camaros, 
but there's so many on the road. And in your opinion, they look good, but I don't think they are as sexy as the original CJ69 Camaro. Uh, I mean, they're nice looking cars, but I don't think, I think they're falling back to where they're not holding their value. And they're they're not sought after because there's so many on the road. There's, um, you know, it, one of the challenges I think, and, and this is with a lot of cars, obviously Camaro being one of them, but when you get the bean counters going, you know, well, if, if we share this part with this other division of GM, we can save another 50 mm-hmm. bucks per car. If we do this, whatever. And, and yeah, I think you lose some of that, you know, and of course with all the new safety and airbags, I, I think there's a lot you can't do now. With all that said, you know, they came out with <clears throat> the Camaro Z28 that, you know, could be taken to a racetrack and, and perform with the highest level of, you know, import performance cars out there or whatever. But suddenly you're in the $80,000 Camaro. Now you got to kind of look at the Corvette. And what was interesting right. is, you know, General Motors' edict was always the Corvette must be the fastest, highest performance. You can't have a Camaro that's any faster. And right. I think that got a little bit close there for a mm-hmm. while. But, um, you know, but it's but it's tough. Like you say, once you get up to that really cool design and, and uh, really high performance, now, heck, if I'm going to spend that much, why not just get a Corvette on it? Yeah. So, uh, gotcha. Yeah, it's, it's kind of interesting. It'll, it'll be interesting to see what happens with it um as well because i (laughs) prior to this we were sitting there looking where the rumors are of the discontinuing of the camaro again and who knows maybe they'll they'll do like they did before take it away come back stronger right come up something else i just what is that 2020 camaro what's the value in 2030 right yeah so i mean that that's that's the golden question really it's it's you know, the 69 Camaro is going to be high dollar premium right. even today. I just don't, the, the yep. modern, as good as they look, and I like it's probably, you know, up there with the best, you know, design that I like mm-hmm. just because it mimics the older right. Camaros. But I just don't think they're going to hold their value. Yeah. Until well, you get into one of those Copos and some of those. Right. I mean, you know, you, you see the Copos going across the. Um, Meekum and the, the various auctions, whatever, and you're seeing a hundred thousand plus, and you're also seeing guys that are basically buying those specialty editions, wrapping them in plastic and putting them in the back of a barn. Oh, I yeah. mean, pe- people have kind of learned it's not barn finds anymore. They're they're storing those suckers, bringing them back out, and and exactly to your point, it'll be kind of interesting when those when those come back. I mean, it's kind of like we're seeing with some of the import cars with the. CRXs, the MR2s, the Supras are now suddenly RX-7s. The numbers are starting to get silly, which now creates a little more interest. So then people go back and get the base models because um, they can't afford the the kind of cool Copos, whatever. Mm-hmm. So uh, will that happen with these? Eh, I'm not 100% sure, but I don't know. It's, it's, it's just, And it's interesting to see this new generation, and here's a whole podcast in itself, <laughs> with this new generation that's not as car-focused. Um the concept of, of kids that I've heard that turn 16 that don't drive, you know, get driven to the DMV that day to get their license. Like, oh, yeah, no, I need to do that. Mm-hmm. The only reason my son got his full license is because he wanted to be able to drive his friends to prom and uh, have them all in the car to listen to the music in his, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Jeep that he was driving at the time. Otherwise, he was perfectly fine with his restricted because he would drive with one buddy. That's beyond my comprehension. Right. So what's what's going to happen with them them and cars in the future? Right. But again, another day. 
Yeah, that's right. Well, you know, talking about the relevance of the current Camaros that are out there, the 20s, the 2019s, 2020s, I actually went out to a local Chevy dealership, and I was looking at something else, and just looking at the Camaros, and I think to keep them relevant, they have Chevy has had to put all the performance into it that they were putting into the Corvette, the previous model Corvette. They've had to put the same suspension in, and they had to put the heads-up displays as an option. Mm-hmm. They had to put all that stuff into it to keep it relevant, because otherwise... Why bother with a Camaro when there's such a variety of other cars out there at that price point? But the price point on them varied between thirty-five grand to forty-five grand. And again, you made a great point with the new Corvette, fifteen thousand dollars more, and just get a new Corvette. Yeah, because Chevy basically said we want to have the most affordable supercar on the planet. Everybody get our car. <laughs> Forget McLaren. Forget all those other guys. <laughs> You need a Ferrari, get a Corvette. Right. And they did a pretty good job of it, scarily. But did they overprice that Camaro? Did mm-hmm. they take that Camaro and put it to a point where it's like, well, why bother? Yeah. Um, one of the things that, talking about the new body style uh, Camaro, the wind, the back windshield on that thing is probably, what, 30 degrees, right. let's call it. Yeah. So it's a long windshield. But you only have about six inches of view out mm-hmm. of it. So I want to say, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, you may know this. I don't. I, I just heard that they had to make standard a backup camera on that car because of the rear oh, window. Yeah. I, I don't know. It, well, and there's another thing that's it's fascinating. Technology with cars, now a backup camera is expected right? oh, practically yeah. with everything anyway. But. When when you asked me, and I kind of hedged on how do you like the new Camaros, honestly, the, the thing that gets me is when you sit in them, the, the door sill is so high up on your shoulder that I felt like I was really sitting really deep in it. It was, it was almost like a submarine feel, which gives you those little skinny windows, which gives you that low view. Mm-hmm. And um, again, it's it's for a design standpoint, but from a functionality standpoint, yeah, it actually really kind of took away from it. So. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Real quick, I want to circle back into the foreign-made Camaros. Yep. They did actually have a unique VIN identification number and a special plaque that went into the passenger uh, well. I knew there would be something like so that. So it had an 11, a 14-digit VIN instead of the normal 13. Okay. Uh, it shared some identification codes from the Delaware, from a, a Delaware plant. Uh, but you'll find a quality vehicle assembled by whichever plant with its uh, special identification on it in the passenger well. So that's a a special little plate that you will find in a Camaro. If you want to say, well, this has a extra number on it in the bizarre, look under the passenger, uh, cowl and you'll might see that little plate. There you go. Every day you can learn something new. That's right. So you can edit that back into where we're like, I don't know, Jason. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Jeff, thank you so much for being here today. I appreciate we it. We certainly appreciate uh, your time, and uh, the discussion's been great. So thank you. And uh, thanks for joining us here at the Classic Car Corner podcast. Join us next time with a special guests to talk about their experience with their cars and the enjoyment that they've brought them. Uh, and please like our Facebook page, Classic Car Corner Podcast, and give us um, a like and a review as they are very, very much appreciated. So until next time, happy motoring. <laughs>